Science. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. My name is still Matt Cushion. Happy still belated birthday. Hey, guess what? I'm here too. That's Michelle Balloon. Best. Uh-huh. We are recreating the first five minutes of... Andy forgot to hit the I record hit button. Record. Matt's really disappointed um, because, he, because we talked about a lot of things, but I think it's okay. Matt celebrated his birthday across from where they assassinated they, a person assassinated RFK. Sirhan, Sirhan. How, little... That's like the best assassination name. And it's also one of the best stories. Like, wasn't uh, George Plimpton involved in... Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, the picture of that is pretty insane. There's like a... In the kitchen? Yeah. Is there... So, so it's like, wasn't there a football player and George it's Plimpton and something? A bunch of people all. You know what? We're, we're not talking about last in the version that no one will ever hear. We talked about Andy talked about taxi driver to nobody's in, in you know involvement. It's best of and lost now that we're thing, talking probably? about this picture that no one else knows about. I mean, no one else. I can't. Add Who would have been context. snapping that picture at the ambassador? But, and then there was like a sort of a guy, like a someone with like a bellboy guy or like a mater d that was helping, and there's like a bunch of stuff going on in the picture. Pretty sad. Oh God, there's there's RFK not dead yet on the ground with um, right? Maybe a hotel staffer over him. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think that's the part I remember from the photo. Crazy. So yeah, we had a nice little jag about the other places near assassinations where you can celebrate birthdays. Yeah, I've uh, been there. That's a HMS Bounty. One time I went there for I think Jen Kirkman's birthday, like over ten years ago, and and uh, somebody, the the very very old lady who's probably dead now. Was there like a ninety five year old waitress? No, okay. probably like forty five. Okay. 50. Well, she was very old, and she gave my credit card to somebody else, and gave um, their credit card to me. And, um, and then like, then we had to figure it out. And then the old lady called me on the phone. She's like, I'm going to get fired if you keep complaining about this. Cause <laughs> I had to like go there and clear up my bill. And I went with my friend and I was just like, I don't want to, this is so inconvenient. I don't want to pay this bill. And they were like, you have to pay it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I, you gave my credit card to somebody. If it wasn't a friend of a friend, this could have been bad. And then they gave me my bill for free. Oh, and maybe well, the old lady died the next day. I don't know. That ha- that happened without the argument about the you have to pay this bill with me at that tiki- for Andy's birthday a few years ago. Remember the tiki bar in the valley? Uh huh. I think it was your birthday. My 2005, I'm 2015. Yeah, I think it was. And yeah, I went to I went to get my credit card. I went to settle up my tab, and he gave me a card, and I was like, "This is not my card or my name." Mm. And then, and he went. Oh, I think I've done a bad thing. <laughs> I think I've sent your card home with someone else. Oh my god! Uh, but, That'd but be a great was, grift if, like, you know, somebody wanted to do it. It does amaze me. It, so, in Britain, mo- pretty much all of Europe, most other countries in the world now, if you pay by credit card, they bring a little machine to your yes. table. It never leaves your sight, and smart. you put in a pin, and it pays. Yeah. Uh, in America, still, no. you hand someone a credit card. Maybe when you're settling up your bill, maybe just at the beginning of the night to open a tab, and they just take that credit card to somewhere. Yeah, and you it's have been... to tell your drunk self, don't forget, don't forget. And also, that card is out of your sight and in yeah. the hands of complete strangers for upwards of four hours. And mm-hmm. yeah. and then uh, at some point, they bring it back, and hopefully nothing untowards happens. It's... So actually, a friend of the show, Tom Patterson, who was there last night, had a UK credit card. And 
and he gave it to one of the staff members there to settle up his tab and she took it away and then she came back and went uh it needs it needs your pin number what's your pin number <laughs> he's like that's not the way that works at all no i last night after i went into the i've never been there's an argentinian restaurant across the street from the hotel that i stay at and i went there for the first time last night it's kind of a nice restaurant but i just sat down had a cup two empanadas if you must okay, know sure but then i went back and and then I hear Miss Michelle, Miss Balloon, Miss Balloon, Miss Balloon, and the fucking little um, waiter guy was, ran down the street and crossed the crosswalk because I left my credit card in the in the in the folder. And I was like, God, I'm so glad I tipped them twenty five percent because that now I don't feel so guilty. I hope they either saw it before and that's why he ran, or he ran and he get, goes back and realizes, oh, good, she gave it's us a good it, tip. Worth the run, worth the spend. But I, yeah, I hate that. I because it is, you know, it, it's so oh, when leaving your credit card place is, is the worst, and the idea that someone could steal from you. Both of those are the worst. Yeah, I'm trying to picture. Fast forward ten years, how do you think we're paying for things? Oh, your 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 phone. And how how is it? Um, how are you okaying something? Like I, I mean, get how, I, pay, I pay like for things, field, but uh, I pay for things with my watch wherever possible. Oh really? Oh yeah. So I, you're like, you just the give them the watch. <laughs> yeah, I just hand them the watch, and I God, I have so many Apple watches. I'm glad there's a fifty dollars sale. This change weekend, like a God. shittier watch in return yes. for the difference. Oh. Be like, how much? How much gas can I fill uh-huh, with this? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's uh, you got like a jacket that you open. You got five uh, or six watches dangling down. Okay, which one? This one is yeah. Okay, you owe me some some change. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, you just Apple Pay off my watch. It's great. One of those little, um... It's nothing. You just double Plastic. Click. No, it's, yeah, anything. Yeah, yes. A square reader, the, the same one that you would, um, it has like a little scanner on it. So oh. any, it, any place that says Apple Pay, I can do with my watch. And then it's just the fact that it's close to, it trusts that you, no one else has your watch. If someone else gets your watch. No, 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 you scan, like you scan it. So there's like the little, the the square thing and then you just, I double click. It's the same way you would do it from your phone. I double click on my watch. I've never done it from my phone either. Okay, I double click on my watch and then I just go like this and ding, ding and then, and then. If someone else had your watch, what's to stop them from doing that? They couldn't use my watch if they weren't me. Because it has a fingerprint or facial recognition thing, or what's it? The... It has. I mean, they would have to know have my watch. They would have to have my login. They'd have to have my phone. Oh, because the watch to... is not actually doing things. The watch and with your the phone, which yeah. then okay. So I mean, it, if they had it's... your watch and your phone, and could they, they do they, it? oh, and they and they cut off one of my fingers. And okay, so your phone has a fingerprint. Voice <laughs> it does. It does though. It does. No, my phone does his facial recognition. And do you have to have? Hey, listen, Grandpa. No, I'm just go to on, say- go on, go on to the Apple website and like read about their new technology, Apple Pay. If you had to bring out your phone and look at it for it and turn on for the phone, for the payment to work, it wouldn't be. You don't. You don't do no, that. I it stays don't in your pocket. To, yes, and I honestly don't even know if it's tied to the phone. It might even just be independent. Um, my credit card information may be completely synced to my watch. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you don't think someone else wearing your watch on your phone? Yeah, and can, honestly, if someone else managed to do all this, I would be told right away by my credit card company. Right, right. I'm and I would to... also have not have a watch on my wrist. And I'd be like, where the fuck is <laughs> Right. I'm just Wait trying to picture a... what the like universal way of doing this will be in 10 years that isn't dependent on everyone having well, iPhones. Be, and, it uh... will be dependent on whatever technology that is. So I'm saying if there's something else that you have, whether it's a chip in our wrists or whether it's, you know, or or a bracelet or this or that... Any of those things can be tied to sort of like using some things kind of like biometrics. Payment. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Payment. Yeah. So, and we are whatever that's going to be. We are going to have some sort of something. 
um, uh, to use. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm for sure. Communication and, and I'm just trying to picture what it is because no one's gonna want the hassle of. Well, right now it's this, buddy. Right. I wanted to go watch. back to uh, bartering with livestock. There we go. Yeah. Oh yes. I. Oh my gosh. That would be a big trench coat if you had to have a bunch of little cat <laughs> lambs and cattle. Just uh, what if they're all just little sugar gliders? Just like, oh yeah. There we go. Peeking out over there. <laughs> They can kind of fly. They can sort of, yeah. They're like uh, yeah. flying squirrels. Right? Uh huh. Yeah. And then they like fly at the face of the of the cashier person, and then they'd be them. startled, and then you'd run away. <laughs> That's the future of payment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, you train, a little scare and run. Little. You train them where you live. Uh-huh. You hand over the payment, and then they run back to you. Yeah. They, they're like little uh, living, breathing drones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like the they're like the anim- cute, adorable animal version of. A coin with some string on it in the vending machine. <laughs> Has that ever worked? I don't believe it works outside of cartoons. I've, I've always wanted to try it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, that would be. I'm sure I have tried some. I used to like. We used to break into vending machines when I was young. When things were Damn. like those little. Um, I mean, you know. I mean, we're all about the same age, right? And so, child of the '80s, and uh, they're like little gumball machines or anything with that had the top. Routinely, you could find ones that you could just unscrew to the top, and we used to steal all the candy. I don't know. I never even thought to try that. Oh God! Yeah, the bowling alley that I spent many years of my youth in because my my parents bowled and leak when we would do the, you know, do all the video games, elevator action, Mario, Road Blasters, and um, I can't remember that one. I remember, of course, Galaga Gauntlet, and um, but yeah, but we used to rip. We used to. I don't know why, because clearly I was doing it at the same place all the time. But you'd like sort of take some and then screw it back on. <laughs> I gotta know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we used to just. And they don't give up. I'd imagine also the employees are like, yeah. oh, great. They've stolen oh, yeah, they... $3 worth of gum. Yeah. And in the meantime, probably put $10 in the, in the yeah, exactly. arcade yeah. machine. Yeah. Yeah, $3 fine. is generous. Yeah. yeah. Take, take over the, over a month. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. You've just... really beaten the system here. We always used to like my brothers and I always used to um, stick our fingers in the change things of oh yeah phones, we used to do to, that too and so often there or press the change return thing on a payphone oh yeah and someone hadn't gotten their change it, yeah it's like pay it's like a little kid slot machine so exciting and I mean list one year something even worse go on I don't this is not even but my friends and I I grew up in Orange County and uh, we used to <laughs> there was a Ralphs and my friends and I so were like I don't this know, is eight, a supermarket nine, for the foreigners. Yeah, the supermarket, and uh, we used there used to, we used for a while. I don't. There's a thing we did for like maybe like six months. We were like, oh my god, there's like practically new food in that dumpster back there. <laughs> and we used to climb into the dumpster and then take out like canned food, food that seemed, and walk around the garbage and then go and try and eat it. Yeah, I mean canned food. That's uh, but yeah, but we would be in the trash yeah. and then would routinely get yelled at and then had to run away. Like why would they throw? That's, canned that's food? a full. That's a full lifestyle now. It was. I know. Yes. What, what's that called? Now like dumpster um, diving. Freegan? Free, yeah, freegan. But I was a freegan before it was cool. That's pretty groundbreaking. I was a freegan in the suburbs when I didn't. Early need adopter to of uh, uh, Apple Apple Watch payment. Early adopter of freeganism. Yeah. I don't think I'm an early adopter of Apple Pay. I think that you're I'm just, just old. a grandpa. Okay, fine, fine. Who's how old are you, Andy? Are you? It less, doesn't matter. Are you older than me? I'll be your age. I mean, we'll always See, be the you're same. Not. We'll always be the same difference in age. You're but, not. Um, so not, look at not, me. Not I'm what? a. I'm a cool. It's like my grandpa when he learned Skype when he was 85. Like you know what I mean? That's the kind of cool I am. That's how the balloons roll. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I have He's a, a Hawkland. I have many oh. screenshots of my mum's nose and left eye. <laughs> <laughs> Face Your mom is left eye? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe she burned out the, guy, the guy's house. Yeah. <laughs> Cold blooded. Wow. Person. Well, I, I thought, I'd, I guess I didn't I put it together. I, I thought everyone it. knew that. What if you found out that your friend's mom was left eye? I'd be like, what? That's always the coolest. If your parent is secretly in a pop trio that you like, you know, can I tell you about a good celebrity sighting I had yesterday? You can. Because you know, you have good ones. That's why I always tell people, everybody's always like, like, who who do you, have you ever been around a celebrity? I'm like, yeah, but I can't tell you. Like I can only, it has to be like a good one that I remember. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like a situation. And yesterday I was walking to the CVS on Melrose and Chris O'Dowd was walking out. Oh, nice. And I was like, I was like, oh, this was almost a romantic comedy. Like, I should have <laughs> run into him. But he was, you know, some people are just instantly recognizable. But he's also like friends with friends of ours. I he's know. Some people we know. Exactly. And, yeah. But I, which I know, but I, all I was, was a girl. Who's standing in front of a boy. <laughs> standing in front of a boy at a CVS <laughs> in the middle of the, of the sort of tons of people. And we locked eyes and we walked our separate ways. We nothing happened, but he's talking about it in a podcast. You're right. right. <laughs> yeah, that girl that we locked eyes that we have mutual friends that he doesn't know about. He because why is he that. talking about you never that know. person? <laughs> you never know. But anyhow, he's 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 he looks like Chris O'Dowd, even though I don't like that. I can find out all sorts of things about them about him that. <sighs> Wait, is he bad? Is he a bad person? I don't think he's a bad person, oh. but it's just like people. He's a real person, mm-hmm. not just some sort of romantic person that you know. That yeah, right. He's not just comedy. in magazines. He's exactly. Like... He's a real person. Which everybody is a real person, but some people you have less connection with. Like if I were to run into George Clooney, knock on wood, mm-hmm. then I could keep on sort of fantasizing about that. Oh, so you're saying this like removed a level of fantasy from the Chris O'Dowd fantasy, seeing him in person? Yeah, make, make it made him too real. No, no, no. That was no. That was still magical. But sort of when I tell people, like you just said, we have mutual friends. Another oh, oh. person said, "Oh, yeah, blah blah blah." I've met him before, and I'm just like, "Can you just let me have this yeah. moment?" I liked it because I I think he's enjoyable on screen. And now you're going to kill him to win the hand of Jodie Foster. You're right. As we discussed, I think, uh-huh. on the first version of this yeah. podcast and not on this one. It's really not Chris O'Dowd. I'm going to give him a middle name. He's going to be the killer. It's going to be Chris Oliver Dowd. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. Although Dowd really Dowd has to change to like David. Chris Oliver David. And now he's going to be an assassin. How, so Sirhan Sirhan should be Sirhan Sirhan Sirhan. Really. To You're be, right. To be a good assassin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Triple S. Or like Sirhan William Sirhan. Sirhan. <laughs> Steven. Brody Stevens. Yeah. Steven Brody Stevens. That would have been a way to go out, Brody. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. Brody. Oh, R.I.P. Brody. Um, speaking of downers, uh, the first time we met was 11 years ago. Us meeting was not a downer, but we, we had, didn't. We well, we met, let's, let's just say, but no, we met on a special thing, the message boards. We were friends on the message boards. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. that's how we knew each other. Because when you wanted to start Bridgetown, you were like, you know, that's Asking how, that's how, yeah. And then you asked me to do it from there. But then when we got there, then you had me do a bunch of press with you, which was really fun. I'm good on press, right? Mm-hmm. Thank sure, you. Obviously. Dependable. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, this fucking bullshit that made me mad. I always described it as like local poor man's Howard Stern. We were going on that had the Robin Quivers and everything. And I think it was a favor of the Robin Quivers of that show that we were on it, and the wannabe yeah, Howard was, Stern did not like having comedians on because I think they, and he was really sexist, is what I remember. Like I feel like I he was said, I feel I like I don't think a wannabe Howard Stern would <laughs> a Howard Stern like would be sexist that seems yeah 
I just, absurd. I I know it was surprising. I can't. I wish we there's audio of it somewhere. I feel like you I found have it. Do you you want have it? it. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I feel like if you sent it to me like not recently, but like like halfway between the time it happened and we were talking about it now. Yeah. And um. But yeah, I I feel like there was some that I felt. You know, sometimes maybe you don't feel the sexism being not sort yeah, of the recipient I, I, of it. I didn't. I but I think sort of like I felt it in the sense where I can feel when a man is talking to me and he's talking around me or talking to me like. I'm just this sort of shell of what he thinks a woman is. And I have no patience for it, can't, won't pretend, won't be charming, won't be anything, and I don't care who you are. I, I can't be nice to you anymore. And I hated him so much. He hated every. It was you and I and James Adomian. Yes. And I remember him also, he thought he was so... Adom- James Adomian is also famously a uh, long patience for people like that. And keep in mind, this is a long time ago. So, like, it's... This 2008. Is, this is before, you know, like, we're all still, like ragtag you know it was right before the big comedy boom hit you know what i mean we were just still scrappy yeah and yeah it was just so crazy i feel like now now i do want to listen to it again but i'm afraid i'm gonna listen to it i'm gonna be like what is this you know but at the time i remember i fucking was so pissed yeah and i think he was his bar was so low for people's intellectual capability he thought he was the smartest guy so Mm. when, when james just dropped like a you know, five dollar word. He was like, "Oh, that's a that's a big word." Oh like, yeah, then what? He just, <laughs> yeah, you're just impressed he can talk. That's. Ugh. I don't remember specifics now. Maybe it wasn't the best story for listeners to hear because we no, can't think well, of you, maybe you could things. post it on your. You could listen to it and then post it on whatever your sort of the fan forums. What do they call this? The, oh, you the, know what? The, the probably science heads. This is actually a great. Is thing. that what this podcast is called? Yes. Probably good. Thank God. Probably oh scientists. God. I guess are the fans. Probably um, scientists. Yeah. Are they? Yes. <gasps> That's a great it name. Um, I forgot. I, we haven't... But I, I'm sorry, guys, listeners. We've been so busy. We haven't put up much on Patreon recently, but that's a perfect piece of audio to put up on listen Patreon. Listen to it first. I should listen to it first? Listen to it first before you put it up it there. Was, uh, it, it's publicly I think available it, I anyway. think at one point I said my social security number out loud, so can you please listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> it's right in the middle. And your mother's maiden name and, and your first name. pet. Exactly. And my, my, my thumbprint's on there. Are you sure about this cashless society? <laughs> <that Yeah. you're... laughs> Sounds like a dystopia. Uh, All right. Well, look for that. I mean, yeah. What well, if we can use podcasts as payments and you just, everyone has their own personal and then you just sort of play it and then the sort of I think statistically it's going that way yeah exactly it's all a podcast currency based society yeah that's pretty much what we're in now 2019 Uh, Mm -hmm. hey Michelle before we get into stories what we like to ask our guests what if anything is your background in science um, well, my background in science, I'm married to a scientist that's a good background yeah he's very he's he's a he is a Penn undergrad Harvard doctor possibly a future guest here in the show he's an evolutionary biologist he studies population data um i at one point when we first started dating knew exactly what he was working on since then i've completely given up on it because what he does is very granular but he also can really dumb it down to whatever level people need and it's not that i am dumb it's that what he does sometimes is very uninteresting (laughs) (laughs) and it's like he starts talking and i'm just like okay i don't but um, but my I don't really have a huge background in science, but I have a background in computers and coding and math. And oh. um, well, those are all yeah. and uh, STEM. and so yeah, and so I was very good in math in in um, high school, and I test I actually like scored almost I think even perfect score going into college in math, and I didn't take any math in college because I was like, well, fuck it, and um, I don't have to. 
And uh, you didn't have to take any math in college. No. Nope. What subject? What, what was your major? I started out broadcast journalism. Ended up being radio, TV, film. Barely made it out alive because I just sort of realized that you can just stop doing everything. But I loved college. I went to University of Wisconsin at Madison, class of '98. Go Badgers! And um, <laughs> but. Uh, I went to school, um, uh, you know, I graduated high school in 94. Um, the first graphical browser came out shortly thereafter. It was still a text-based browser when I went to school. And once I saw websites, I was like, oh, I want to, because one of the newspapers was doing a website. And I was like, I want to learn that. And, um, and someone showed me kind of the basics and I figured it out. And then my journalism advisor said, listen, because it's like 95. Mm-hmm. If you learn how to make websites, you could make like $40,000 a year. And I was like, okay, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> and then I ended up learning how, and I got part-time jobs. And I, and when I graduated from college, I moved to Austin, Texas, and I became a, um, like an HTML programmer. And I went into that to doing like actual developing. And, and I did that I for a very long. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was working up until I'm, you know, I moved to Vienna for a short time with my then boyfriend, um, now husband. And then after that, I came back and got one more job. And then I stopped working completely. And when you were coding in Austin, was that like, was, was Dell like king shit? Of, I worked uh, at Dell for a while. So when I started, it was the dot com. So I, the first job I had um, when I moved to Austin was, was in 99. I got a job at drcoop.com. See Everett Coop. And uh-huh. that was during the dot com heyday where we had, it was all those things like a masseuse in the office and oh, a God, big kitchen and all this stuff. And of course, everybody was just siphoning money out of this place. And, um, and then that all crashed. I got laid off. And the next job I got, um, next web job I got was at Dell. And I was doing um, their like uh, emails, like with all of like the computer sales and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to LA, I got a job at Evite. So I was at Evite for a couple of years. And then after that, I got a job at um, uh, MTV. Um, I worked for iPhone, which became Spike. And then after that, I was at a startup. And then when I came back from Europe, I was at... Um, Oh, it's also at Comcast, um, NBC Universal. And then when I was when I came back from Europe, I got a job at the NFL. And, and those uh, jobs were like still coding. The- I kind of got when I started. The thing is, is that I wanted to move more into project managing because mm-hmm. I was getting older, and I just didn't want to just get stuck. It was nice. I mean, it was a very well paying field, but I just didn't want to just sort of be like a little worker monkey yeah. and so i started doing more project managing when i was when i left when i was at nfl the job i had there was project managing and i liked it the fact that um i knew what everybody was doing because i had always when you are like a web developer mm-hmm. you have basically like an agent or a manager that's your project manager and they give you your work and they check on your progress and they know what your deadlines are and it's best to have someone that understands like what you're doing and kind of understands why you have to do something and isn't just sort of arbitrary fairly dealing with you. And so I liked the fact, oh, hey, I can be a project manager who does that because I totally get it. Mm -hmm. And I know when someone's bullshitting me, I know when someone like really can't do something a certain way. And so I understand sort of um, all that part of it. I really like it. It took me, like I miss working. I love doing it. I still do web stuff. I still um, keep up with it. But but I do not like uh, working for with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I just can't at this point. Like That's I'm the like, weakness you mentioned in interviews. I can't yeah, I don't. With anyone oh else. no, yeah, yeah. I and I. Well, I miss interviews. Oh, I loved getting hired because that was like I'm really good at getting hired for jobs. <laughs> What's the secret to interviewing well? Just charming, man. You just got to be charming. There's, there's such a thing as too charming, though, right? No, I'm not. Too, am I too charming? A little bit. I was oh to dial my back god. 
but yeah no it was just fun and just sort of i think what it is is because like i was i never purport to know everything but i everything i have learned as i've needed and i'm really good at it so Mm -hmm. that's very enticing to to a lot of places some places they want you to know exactly what they want you to know but really they want to know that they like you and they want to know that you can learn stuff and there's no way i always tell people that you can know everything of course. You know, so some people get very intimidated by even little things like WordPress templates or like some CSS or some HTML or anything. And it's just like, just learn things as you need to know them, you yeah. know? And, uh, if my daughter can... started coding. Oh, what's she writing in? Um, well right now it's just these, um, scratch programs. So it's kind of like just drag and drop and she's learning like loops and she's doing a coding camp this summer and she's cool. actually really got, I mean, she's really great. How old is she? She's six. She's six and she's, wow. Mm-hmm. Are these like web-based things? Oh, yeah. Google actually makes a really great, um, um, I think it's coding.org, um, and their developers have a really great series of uh, lessons for kids, and she's just breezing through them. And she's doing, uh, Penn's has a coding camp, and she's doing it this summer, and she actually did a video chat session with one of the instructors because they were trying to figure out where she was at to show her the software. Mm-hmm. And she already knew a lot of the stuff which gave her confidence and they just were on the phone for like on the video chat for like an hour and a half building this i can even show it to you after the thing like they're building this whole like animated um little thing that they did with all their little little widgets and sprites and so she's not like i make she they get they sort of it's drag and drop but then she can look at the code and so we always talk about the code like after she actually just you know makes it happen with um the sort of Um, graphical way that they teach it but it's great i love it i think it's great to not be intimidated by stuff like that i I you can learn any i can learn there's nothing i that you that one maybe some people are stupid i don't know but you can learn anything just take it a little bit at a time also i think once you if you've learned to code in a couple like one language or a couple of languages you can pick up other like once you understand Mm -hmm. the rudiments of how coding works at its basic you know you might not be a world-class coder or engineer but you can at the very least get the okay i understand what a programming language is and how how it's how they're built up and how they work you know and it's copy and paste and learn and sort of like it's like copy and paste and then you that's how everything is and then you kind of learn it as you're doing it you know and uh everything's out there you know, when I first learned HTML, there wasn't as much stuff out there, but I just view source, you know, on everything. The, the people weren't using CSS at the time, so everything was done by HTML. And, um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I miss it. I need to redesign my website, so I'll get to sort of like dive back in again. But I can, otherwise I can like fix and maintain anything I want. Nice. I'm looking at code.org slash learn right now. And I'm I think that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's like they have like Star Wars and stuff. Yeah. Does this look right? No. Yep. That's it. It's great. I'm trying yeah. to make a new cat. Yeah, she. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, check out code.org. Uh, we'll link to that over mm-hmm. in the show notes at probablyscience.com as well. Um, I think we should get in some stories. Let's do it because we, we've chatted for a while. What do you want to kick off with? Uh, we have a, a, just Justin Broad, always a hero to the show, sending in tons of of ideas. Um, we could start with the one that's the most on brand for us. That has to do with. Very euphemistically named biogas. Okay, I thought you were going to do with the Coke story because that's also oh, sent in by a few people. Yeah, multiple listeners start, sent in that. I thought it was one. pronounced biogas. 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 What you said before. We'll get to the biogas in a minute, but mm-hmm. before that, let's talk about some more cocaine found in British sea life. Oh my gosh, I saw that. I think last time we talked, it was was it eels? What, what did they find cocaine in? I think yeah, I think there were some eels. 
No, it's at shrimp. first it was like it's like basically I think everybody knows this on money, U.S. money at the very least, cocaine can be found on most money. Yes. And so now that is like, I guess, are they like wrapping sea life in cocaine? (laughs) Is it cocaine that's getting dumped into the ocean for like, like, oh no, the the police are coming. Like, how is cocaine? I think it's through uh, urine. We'll get to it in a second. But I I was just Googling to make sure that the cocaine and money thing wasn't just some. It isn't. I had to look it up because I I said it to my therapist who's who's European and she, not that that doesn't mean she should know it. And she was like, no, I never heard of that. And then I like had to look it up myself and confirmed that is true. And I sent her the article. Yeah. It's on many, many different... I think the the main one is like from a few years ago, but yeah, it's not... I'm a good... Yeah, I, sp- yeah. I spot the bunk. We... I think we could go with your... Mm-hmm. your the veracity of your story and also mm-hmm. nationalgeographic.com. That's pretty reputable. Yeah, well, I remember a- looking at it. Because you know, you think of something, you think, did I make that up? Is that just the thing I think? Because I heard it once. You know, is that does that word mean what I think it means? Let me look it up. Quick. <laughs> yeah, in 2009, what was the most definitive research on this subject to date found that nearly yeah, nine out of ten, nine out of ten bills circulating in the U.S. crazy, huh? Are tainted with cocaine. Maybe that's the smell I like when I have money. <laughs> Maybe it's money cocaine. Is the smell of cocaine. Maybe does this cocaine smell funny to you? <laughs> uh, yeah. So scientists found cocaine in freshwater shrimps when testing rivers for chemicals. A study said. Researchers at King's College London, in collaboration with the University of Suffolk, tested 15 different locations across Suffolk. The report said cocaine was found in all samples tested. Other illicit drugs, such as ketamine, were also widespread in the shrimp. The researchers said it was a, quote, surprising finding. That's weird. That seems completely unrelated. Professor Nick Berry, B-U-R-Y. Everybody from Britain is named Nick. Yeah. From the University of Suffolk said... I mean, my friend Nick is. (laughs) And my and other my friend, friend Nick. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the one guy I used to work with this guy named Nick. Another guy named Nick I know. Is, yeah, lots of Nicks. And then there's Nicholas, but he does mostly go by Nick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? So, yes. Science. This, this professor, Nick, said whether the presence of cocaine in aquatic animals is an issue for Suffolk or an issue for Suffolk or more widespread in occurrence in the UK and abroad awaits further research. What is it about Suffolk, Matt, that would be. Oh, yeah. Is that something we don't know? Cokeheads? What do you think when you think of it? Suffolk, yeah, I don't, I don't know why Suffolk would be particularly heavier on coke. What's the reputation of it as a region, or, or it's a, well, is it a, Suffolk's su- sort of rural? Oh, really? Yeah, rural is a hard word to say, isn't it? Rural I saw juror. you struggle. <laughs> rural juror. Rural juror. Hey, Matt, say rural juror. Rural juror. Oh, I like rural how juror. you said it. That was nice. Uh, so yeah, why? But I. But so did, did they say? Is there? I don't like that they sort of. Why were they even testing it? Can I just? They, why would they test it if they didn't think that this might be a thing? They were looking at the exposure of wildlife such as these freshwater shrimp, uh, which are called Gamaras pulex. They were looking at the exposure of that to different micropollutants. So, were they expecting to find drugs? Because um, they. I mean, clearly they. Did they test it for it, you know, or did they, you know... Yeah, I guess if you weren't looking for it, how would you know... I guess they were just looking at any micropollutants at all. Um, see, in addition to the drugs, banned pesticides and pharmaceuticals were also widespread okay. in the so, shrimp. The so are we thinking that, that it would have to be just, like, sort of, like, like you know, dum- like dumping, like, like you know, wa- like waste dumping and stuff? Like I think, maybe through the sewers or something? Yeah, I think when we talked about it, when it was the story in London about cocaine in... Again, was it eels, Matt? Do you remember? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, I think that story mentioned that it would be through, yeah, through like urine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's people dumping. Like, what well, I didn't mean dumping, cops, I meant. No, no, I didn't mean dumping, but I meant like sort of, what's that word, like off, you know what I mean? Like p- pipe, you know, like where, you know, 
not sewage, but like, like uh, industrial yeah. runoff. Yeah, like runoff, runoff, cocaine runoff. But I think oh. people are pretty are usually pretty uh, protective know that of their sh- cocaine. You know, they shouldn't put the cocaine runoff pipes <laughs> yeah. into freshwater streams where there's fish. I mean, okay, do I need to write a letter? <laughs> yeah, why do we the, have these cocaine the queen. pipes? <laughs> Dear Queen, but you do still feed coke to the fish, right? You, you do that just to kind of well, keep yeah. them peppy. Well, yes. yeah, you don't want your sleepy fish. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you want fish to talk incessantly about the plans they're never going to follow through on. Yeah, uh, I, I want to know, know what their app is going to be. I mean, the best raves are fish raves. <laughs> yeah. In the words of also first, uh, first year Bridgetown uh, comedian Paul Jay, why do cocaine when it's so much cheaper to just be an asshole? Oh. <laughs> uh, um, that's pretty much it. I've never done cocaine. Never done cocaine. I've never. I just had. A, I just said. You know. I said when I was younger. I said, I. You know. And I never drank. I mean, I really. I was a huge drunk in my twenties and early thirties. But I and I still occasionally drink. But um, the. I just was kind of shied away from from drug drugs, and I. But I always said I'll do cocaine one day. If it's there and I want to do it, but it has to be there and I have to want to do it. And both of those, those two things, things haven't happened. Haven't happened. And I still feel both of those things. Like if it's there and I want to do it. So I've been around it. Didn't want to do it. Some days I sit in my house and I'm like, you know, I, I want to do, do some cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> but it's not here. <laughs> coding with your daughter. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have edibles in the house that I brought from here. They're cho- um, chocolate covered blueberries. They're really great. And I put them in. Like they're in like sort of a dove chocolate covered fruit bag because I switch them out when I travel with them because mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same, you know, and then I put then they're in a paper brown bag and on the paper brown bag it says do not eat and it's for everybody that comes in our fridge not to eat them. Yeah. But my daughter has finally noticed it. Why does that say do not eat? I'm like, oh, because that's like an experiment that daddy's doing like and so that's it's risky. molded. On you mom. don't think that's enticing to... Uh... Not Mike. No, she's... Maybe for another child, but that's enough for her. Yeah, like um, she doesn't a reach in and grab her own her own stuff, and she doesn't, uh, um, and she usually just will be satisfied with an explanation. Okay. So what's the? Because you live in um, on Phil- the east coast in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yes. And what's the Pennsylvania weed law right now? It's medical, in which I have a medical card. I just got mine renewed. Yeah. Right. Because I have multiple sclerosis. We haven't talked about multiple sclerosis yet. <laughs> and Let's that's one of the it. things. Can I just tell you, I'm so pissed about this weed law, though, because they, and I get it, and I, maybe that's how it was done here, but like, so I am on, they have a list of things that make you qualified, and MS is on the list, so I don't have to sort of make up this big grand story about it's my- Like, I have weekend. anxiety. Exactly. Which is- but Caused by my MS. What <laughs> pisses me off is, is that the way you have to, you pay $50, like, to the state, and then you have to go- to a doctor and my doctor my neurologist at Penn like they won't do the prescription so you have to go to like the seediest fucking doctor who's like wearing tie dye and has a bandana around his neck just an idiot and pay him I paid $200 last year and then I had to get it renewed and pay 100 and I'm like I'm never not going to have MS why do I have to give you money right this should be just a it made a me so stamp. mad and I just and then the day you've been diagnosed with MS by a, a doctor who doesn't I, have a skateboard yes I, exactly <laughs> I'm, I there's no way he doesn't have a skateboard right there's no way this guy and it just but he lost his license like two days after I went to him thank God he's <laughs> I sent your paperwork in on time 
but it was just so scammy and uh, yeah. it's this slime i just why can't my neurologist do it i just that, don't. that blows my mind because in america as well I, it takes a long time to qualify as a doctor anywhere but america in america particularly just to go through university takes longer every stage of university takes longer in america than it does in other countries mm-hmm. like your undergrad degree is longer your postgrad degree what's the usual undergrad length in in britain undergrad is three to four years but often three years oh. and then phds hmm. and then you might do like an mphil mm-hmm. and then your phd will be three to four years whereas right, my girlfriend's brother is nearly finishing his phd in his 30s yeah and it, it just and he's it, been in college the entire yeah i mean he's time. had some times where he's sort of gone off and done research and stuff that isn't directly related to but that's the thing it's just such a long and extended and expensive process yeah. but mm-hmm. so particularly to become a doctor in america You've gone through so many steps and so much schooling and so much, and then eventually you just decide, you know what? I'm going to set I up. In a sh- I'm going to sh- set up on Venice Ball on Venice Beach with a, in a shack next to a- some Bob Marley towels. I don't. And- I exactly like. I just don't. I don't. It makes me so mad. I don't get it. Yeah. I sell uh, airbrush portraits, and also I'm a doctor. Yeah. Oh yeah. And here you go. Here's signed. I'll send you. I'll, I'll double click. I'll click this button. Essentially. I mean, it's got to be an easy gig. Is it just like you hit oh, the end my of God. your career and well, it's just it's a cushy? E- but it's an easy gig because there's no other. The only other way you can do it, they, there's like a PDF document of all the doctors, but nothing's linked. And some of them are at. There's two hospitals, and I go to both of them for different things. Jefferson and Penn. And there's doctors at both of those hospitals, but they are not taking outside patients. And for whatever reason, they got on the list to sort of the, to give maybe they have a patient they want to prescribe to. So that oh. you are forced, really, unless your doctor is like saying, OK, Locked now I'm this. doing it yeah. to go to one of these. It's like a back alley. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's legal, but seedy as fuck. Yeah, it is. And I get it. I get it. You know, it's not like marijuana is curing me and i was high a lot more last year and i felt worse than this year but i got like i i like it now it's for 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 me i get you know we'll get anxiety i'll get you know i'll be in pain or something and it just sort of something sort of to to sort of like it takes you out of it and um and that's why and so i'm not one of the people who when you go to the dispensaries they're just like oh so what kind of medicine would you like today they literally say that you know and i'm just like okay let's get over this yeah, yeah. but i'm just like but it really does help and so um and uh anyhow but also i think it should just be recreational legal everywhere yeah i mean i don't think there's been any bit bad that's come of like colorado california or parts of california yeah Oregon, the only thing bad about it is 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 that is that there's still so many people, especially African Americans, in jail for pot marijuana offenses, and the people coming in that are making money now off these big pot farms are usually not, you know, um, you know, um, African American owned. They're usually you know like rich white owned and the people uh, who are most penalized, like John Boehner, you know, like that, yeah. yeah, John Boehner, you know, is like that's one of his big things now. He owns. Well. Yeah, like he went right into like into like pot farming, wow. yeah, or like owning like distribution businesses or something. But yeah, it's pretty. Did you see that Netflix series Murder Mountain about Humboldt County? That was no. interesting. Yeah, I I'm fascinated by Humboldt County. I, I drove through there. I think I've told this story before the podcast, but before Lyft was a thing. Not that it even does this, but there was like an Airbnb for long road trips, essentially. Like you can just oh. get someone. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I would so, never do it, but I remember it. Yeah, I got someone to give me like a hundred bucks. And I was driving to Portland anyway. And, uh, and you also have someone to like share driving yeah. with if you don't mind letting a stranger take the wheel yeah. of your car. But I picked up a woman in Humboldt and then the rest of the drive just like I heard about 
the industry there and I didn't realize mm -hmm. how it was everyone's job in that county is in some way related to that industry and how much payola there was, you know, payoffs to the local yeah. state troopers to let it all happen. It's billions of dollars coming in and out of there. Like, that's what this Netflix series is about. It's not the, an A++ series, but that's what the series is about. But it's also about um, um, this murder investigation and them calling this part of Humboldt Murder Mountain. And a lot of that's... And then there also, were multiple... It wasn't because this one murder they called it that, there right? was There was other murders too, but it was kind of about the sort of vigilante aspect and also some people trying to take their sort of like black market business you know into like sort of like doing all of like the 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 work to make it like part of the actual business now and how hard that was and expense like it's very prohibitive so it's it was just very interesting yeah i'll check it out murder mountain yeah murder mountain and um you were all this was leading up to or you're, you're taking pot because of your ms you yeah so it's yeah it's it's just part of it last year was really helpful so i got diagnosed with ms in um in january of last year and um and i was for most of last year i was very foggy and so it happens with um you get cognitive difficulties with ms and um and when and also very foggy it took me a long time to recover from the attack and so i was very just fatigued and getting it was just very it was it was sort of a very slow year but sort of being high really sort of made it not feel weird mm -hmm. so it just kind of leveled me out in a weird way like mm -hmm. being high like instead of just being like i feel so strange you're like oh i feel high you know <laughs> I right know this feeling. And so it's almost like well if i'm gonna be foggy anyway i might as yes. well have the highness to accompany it so it feels like well that's why i'm foggy exactly it's kind of like the occasional times i've gotten sick um although now i don't get as sick as much now that i have ms because before I used to, when I used to think I was getting sick, it was really my MS. Um, but it's like, oh, good. I can just forget about my MS symptoms for a little bit. <laughs> but now, right. but the thing that really, when in January, I started to feel better now. And so I'll be seeing more than I was last year. But I, um, I started Adderall in January and that fucking changed my life. <clears throat> and really? Adderall, they, it was really, it's really hard for me to do stand up. It's because um, it's at night. I get very tired and then I start to slow down at night. And, um, and being on stage, you know, and involves thinking. And, uh, and so, and it was very far, I would get very foggy. And, um, and so, and they were like, well, what about, and I was on this one direct, wasn't doing anything. And they're like, well, what about doing a, 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 a low dose Adderall extended tab that you take every day? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to take Adderall every day. And I'm like, was really reluctant, but they said, just try it. And it was like, like the second or third week in January. And I took um, in Adderall and 20 minutes later I noticed the difference and it still is a, a, the one pill I will I mm. don't do not want to forget any day so it it just sort of it clears it it clears me out mm -hmm. so it makes it change it just sort of unfogs me and maybe like once or twice a week I still get kind of foggy and I just know it's you know I need to chill yeah but um but it that really made a huge difference and you haven't had trouble sleeping from it it's a very low dose. It's five milligrams. It's oh, a very low dose. That is yeah. pretty low. And it's extended tab. Yeah. No, no trouble sleeping. It, and it doesn't so extended like... Extended tab means it's sort of slow release. It. Yeah, slow release. And it doesn't like, um, you know, I still get tired at night. It's still, I still slow down at night. But all Adderall does is sort of make you feel, not feel the feelings that you're feeling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I still have to constantly watch like my energy and like what I'm doing and sort of how I'm balancing my life and how I'm resting. But just Adderall sort of lets me participate in a way that I found it difficult to. Yeah. 
and uh, it's been really great. What are the symptoms of MS for listeners who don't know about the um, Can you describe what Yeah, is? I can describe for me. Um, MS is different for lots of people. It's a hypochondriac disease. When I talk about my symptoms for MS, people will be like, I think I have MS. <laughs> if you're a hypochondriac, I apologize. I was not... Um, I probably have had MS for a long time and just Mm -hmm. didn't know it because then you find out like, oh, that was actually a symptom. But in December of last year, I was actually, it was in Arizona for Christmas and I actually drove out here for a few days and I was having a drink with Jim Hamilton and I was getting faint and, but I was just, I just had two beers and I thought, well, that's really weird. And then, so I just went home and then I woke up the next day and I was laying down and I felt faint again. And it felt like kind of like water was like washing over my head. Oh. And I was like, that's when I went back to Arizona for Christmas. And I was telling everybody about this and everybody was treating me like, oh, it's probably this. It's, you know, oh, like downplaying. I'm like, no, this is really weird. And my husband was not like that at all. And so I just kept saying this is still happening. And when I got back to um, to Philly, I went to the doctor and I started feeling bad then, like the flu. And my regular doctor wasn't there, but the, the doctor that was did blood work. Everything's fine. And then she's like, okay, get a c- CT scan. And um, they didn't find anything, although maybe in retrospect, if they were looking for it, they could have. Um, and then I came back. And the thing is, is that I was supposed to fly to LA on a Monday to go to Disneyland for a week with my family. And then they were leaving and I was had like two weeks of shows and I was going to Sketchfest. I mean, I was fucking busy. And, um, and then, so I went to an ENT to see if I had like a ear infection or vertigo or something was happening because it was getting worse. Like, I mean like three times, like, like it was like every five minutes this was happening. And, um, the, the, the ENT, the ear, nose and throat doctor said, listen, it's not any of these things. I'm afraid it's a heart problem. Talk to a cardiologist on the phone. (laughs) And the cardiologist was like, I don't think it's a heart problem, but. My dad died very young of a heart attack. He died at 40, which is why he also brought it up. He goes, but come and see me after just because you're dead. And, um, and then he's like, I think you really need an MRI. Can you cancel your trip? And he goes, I just want to make sure it's not anything. And I was like, I can't cancel my trip. We're going to Disneyland. And I like start crying. <laughs> and I was just like, that's all paid for. And, um, and I have so many shows. I can't miss them. And then he's like, well, I don't normally do this, but go to the ER and I'll make sure you can get an MRI there. And I went to the ER. That same day. Same day. But I went there and I said, I was very patient because I was like, I just need to fucking do this. And I sat there, got there at 2.30 at 1230. I got an MRI and then they woke me up a couple hours later and they're like, 1230 at night, 1230 at night. So it's there for 10 hours. And they were like, um, this, well, um, you know, we, here's your brain scan and you either have MS or something like it. And, um, what are, what are the, um, what are they looking for? Because for, MS is a is the covering of nerves, right? It, no, M- well, no, MS MS is multiple M- MS is multiple sclerosis. Sclerosis is scars. So okay. what MS is is your immune. It's an autoimmune disease. It's it's um, incurable. Um, they your immune system attacks the uh, myelin sheath surrounding your neurons. Right. And so that's why MS is different for everybody because it happens in the brain and the spine. So wherever it's being attacked. And it also, that's why you don't notice as much because your brain shrinks as you get older. So some of these symptoms become more pronounced. And also when you have MS, your brain shrinks faster than, um, than, than another person. Not, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a crazy amount faster, but it does shrink, shrink faster. And, um, and so, you know, I, it, it just so happened that this attack was something that was sort of causing me to have these dizzy spells. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, and then that's, thank God, that was the first thing because I've had numbness. I've had all these other things that I just sort of, as a person, you're just like, oh yeah, I've got this thing. And yeah, you know, this whole trick, whatever has always happened. But that was the first thing where I was just like, uh, okay, this isn't normal. This isn't a normal. I was in the MRI and I was thinking, and it was happening in the MRI. And I thought, well, don't think that this is nothing. I don't know what it is. It but was it's, happening in the MRI. Oh, the, I was the symptom, faintness. The, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, then it got, so after I got diagnosed, um, it didn't, that wasn't like the, the apex of how I was feeling. So then I, it was like the whole disease opened up the, with the fatigue and the fogginess and sort of numbness. I had numbness on my right side. I still only get it now if I overdo it. Um, like face numbness, mm. um, cognitive slowness when I get tired. Um, and so... It, it just and so it took me months to sort of like get on top of it and um but it was amazing to me how quick it happened yeah so there is no long term I mean- there's no so like the the damage the, the one thing they can't do is they can't reverse the damage of ms mm-hmm. which is was nothing they can do so the damage that has happened to me like i still get the dizziness every once in a while it usually is if i overdo it um if i'm tired or whatever um, but what the, you do go on is disease managing treatment and that slows the progression of the disease and that those drugs have gotten a ton better over the last five or 10 years. And the one that I'm on, because at first I thought I was either gonna have to take a pill every day or a shot every day or something like that. But what I'm on is this, one of the newer treatments, um, it's called Ocrevus, people pronounce it a million ways, Ocrevus, Ocrevus, um, Ocrevus, um, and uh, it's an infusion every six months. And I go into like oh, an that's infusion great. center. Right. It is. And it's like a six hour day. And um, and you just get. And so I've done that. I just did my third one in March. And so as of January, I got my latest MRI in January. There's no new disease activity. That's so at, last year I was still getting new lesions. And I was not surprised because I was feeling shittier and shittier. But as of January, there's no new active lesions so, so they could actually see, they could pinpoint in the MRI the places where these things were happening. Can I is just tell detailed? you, it is really annoying to have a disease like MS and to see a neurosurgeon. And I switched hospitals to go because my, my father-in-law is the muckety-muck at Harvard. And so it's the head of the MS Center at Penn is my neurologist. Um, but they don't sit there and explain that that granular to you they're like do these neurological tests here's your mri this is where you're at okay you're walking great see you later i mean you do not get that kind of information i'm sure someone like you and someone like you would want and so you, you can't kind of circle a thing and zoom no, in and be they like, they won't do it they this? won't sit there they're like what's the point of me talking about stuff like and so it's really annoying so yes probably they could and i'm sure researchers do but yeah you could look at your mris and say okay this is where all the lesions are but no one has ever said that kind of stuff to me and they're kind of annoyed when you sort of ask too many questions it's very irritating well now um, i want to that makes me debate whether i even want to get an mri from my back because i've got a fucked up disc and i want to part of it was i want the satisfaction of being able to look at a thing oh like that's can i just the tell thing. you the only cool thing about having ms is when i when i was first had that first mri they were going to do a spinal tap to to die to fully diagnose it but then they said no we're just going to do a whole body mri to see if you have more lesions which i did on my mm-hmm. spine and but then I got to see they when they when you get a whole body MRI they tell you about everything even if it's not about that so I got to see where all my disc problems were oh. I have arthritis in my neck I don't have hidden cancer um, it's pretty <laughs> that's like was like so so awesome and satisfying 
I'm looking um, at other MRIs of herniated discs, and I'm like, yeah, I want this picture. I want this great. picture in my back. Yeah, no, see. I have that. I, mean, I got to find out that I didn't have a brain tumor when Ori Amir did the experiment on me. Oh, that's good. <gasps> see, that's see, it is. It's really no. Sometimes people like don't. I'm glad you guys think that's cool because I've said that before. Like, okay, sure, you have MS, but it was really neat to be like <laughs> to be like this is. Like all this, like sort of extra stuff you get to find out. You get this full body scan. And also, I get blood work like a million times a year, so you're constantly being monitored, you know, for all this different stuff. Uh-huh. You know? But um, so it is kind of interesting. God, I'm looking at these pictures of herniated L5 S1 discs, and I'm just getting so paranoid. I'm like, this is what's happening in my but body can, right now. Can I just <laughs> tell you though? Can I just say something about back stuff, which you probably know? It does. It's nice to know, but it doesn't matter if you know because I have a back unless problem. Unless you get surgery. Like, unless you get surgery, and maybe it's been this bad the whole time that I should be getting surgery, and I'm. But maybe it off you shouldn't and... be. A lot of times, surgery because I have I have a really bad lower back problem. I threw it out really bad in 2010, and I have still problems with it. And it's worse now because my gait's fucked up because of the MS, and so it's causing all this other stuff to flare up. Yeah. And um but I'm what I'm going to say is is that um yes it would be nice to know and I hope that you get to find out but also sometimes for some surgeries you get the same results from physical therapy um you know and just sort of uh, dealing with it in those other ways. Yeah, and, I mean that's what I talked to a neurosurgeon who's yeah. like, only five percent of cases need surgery. Yeah. But I'm I, like, I what if I'm in that five and I don't know and I'm doing permanent damage by not addressing this? Yeah, faster. but also, do you want someone to fucking touch your back? I do. If the alternative is that I never feel my left leg and foot again, oh yeah, that's. I mean, because I haven't for six weeks. Oh, and, uh, no, it does. Suck. Do you see a physical therapist though? No, but I mean, it's it's been slowly improving, but I'm like, well, still, what if I'm doing long-term damage? By the, way, anyway. by the way, you're not currently, and someone needs to fix this, you're not on the Wikipedia list of people with multiple sclerosis. Come oh, on. Oh, I should. As a famous person? Yeah, well, you have you have a Wikipedia page. I do. That, yeah, maybe That's you should edit it. So you're, you're definitely notable enough to have a Wikipedia page, but uh-huh. you're not on their list. I should. Per- yeah, because that's the first thing I looked up. Who else has it? Well, well uh, comedians-wise, well, Selma Blair is probably the most famous. Oh current yeah, sufferer. yeah. And then uh, Jonathan Katz has MS. Yeah, but, but then, see, like he's a good example of it, it's really difficult having MS. Where people are like, oh my, blah blah blah, is MS. You should meet him. Everybody's case of MS is different. Everybody that has MS is different. It's not exactly the kind of thing that I think is like you necessarily want to be in a support group for. I think maybe some people do because either someone else is scaring you by how they are feeling or you're annoying to someone else because you feel better. You know what I mean? Or you don't agree with what they're doing to treat their disease or not doing. It just seems like it's just it's just to me, it's more trouble and it's worth it. Maybe yeah. that's just me being a curmudgeon. Um, Jim Sweeney from the British version of Whose Lines Is It Anyway? Oh, do you, yeah, he, okay. he did a one-man show about it. I saw in Edinburgh years ago. Oh, good. And then, uh, and then also, um, I don't know if you heard of the comedian Richard Pryor. Yeah, he had, and oh. you know, Richard Pryor had it, but also what I read because he was pretty sick at the end. He also had a lot of other things wrong with him. To not right. discount it, but also I have to know that because I don't want to look at people and be like, "Oh my That's god, my is future!" It? Right? But and so things are different. So like Terry Gar has MS, but the drugs are better now. So the fact that I get to start on drugs now with the drugs that they have now, and I hope that you know when I'm old because. It's a progressive disease, you know? The likelihood is that I will lose mobility, and it really sucks to think, like, I'm... You can't think of yourself as a special little flower, but also that, you know, that bad things aren't going to happen to, I mean, you know? But I hope that the drugs continue to get better, they figure out how to reverse damage or heal damage, and that um, that that I somehow skirt by with 
I'm just kind of like this, how I am now, mm-hmm. forever. Because, like, I'm just getting used to this. So, yeah. But you right, can deal with that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. Jonathan Katz, for example, was diagnosed in the late 90s. Yeah. and yeah. So you've got a two-decade head start on I know, him. I know. And, you know, and but yeah, and so he... and But he, you know, I... And he's a performer. I mean, he's a similar... And he is still performing as well. And but, still yeah. very sharp, mm-hmm. very funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you've got... The, exactly. the technology, the, the medical technology that you are relying on now is two decades more advanced and than the this, medical technology that he was relying on when he got... And the sooner you start, the better. So some people don't want to do the drugs. They're very expensive. It's $65,000 a year to have the drug Holy that I'm shit. on. And that doesn't include anything that goes Holy along shit. with it, the, the nurse, the infusion center. But the, the what frustrates people, I think, especially people that are like pseudoscience people that the drugs don't cure the disease they don't cure symptoms you know and so you're taking these drugs because you want the disease to slow but it's something people can't imagine while they're not quite to that point um and so they don't it's but the sooner you get on the drug so if you're just like well i'm gonna wait a couple years until i feel bad you will not do as well as somebody who goes on them right away Mm -hmm. and so and they they you know and you learn that and i'm somebody who listens to that but i can understand why people don't right because the the symptoms that you get are like a secondary cause of the damage that's basically exactly the damage is done and then the symptoms happen so and there's damage that happens that you just don't it does not outwardly appear as anything right you know because also this is damage to the nerve to the nerve cells and the brain and stuff so think the nerve system is incredibly complicated and other bits compensate for other bits so you don't really it doesn't have the same things that go on which is where the fatigue comes in right so and also why it's so funny that i'd like to have to do stand-up while having this so when i do stand-up it was very difficult for me to do stand-up last year this year it's been a lot better especially since i've stopped comparing myself to what it was like before i'm like Mm -hmm. this is what it's like now but I get really tired when I get off stage. I'll be tired after we do this because it's just like your brain is so used to sort of talking and associating and, and being clever and listening and thinking that, and now my brain has to skip all these parts and do these different things that it just is fucking exhausting. And it sucks because it, it takes away a lot of things that I like that aren't just telling jokes, like being social and hanging yeah, out. Yeah. I can't, I have to sort of like balance it. In a right. Way. But that also makes it, yeah. I, I get tired after doing stand-up, yeah. particularly if it's a long set, and I don't have my, my brain doesn't have to overcompensate for those yeah. miss the scar tissue and missing neurons. Yeah, it's yeah. I just um, it's you know it, it's something that's very um, difficult to not feel sad and guilty about. But I'm guilty. I, but you you do about guilty about being like oh I have to go home I can't stay oh right right okay um yeah. you know but it is you know it just it, it is what it is you know it's um you know I think it's also very good that I do stand up and do other things that sort of force Challenge me you. to have to, yeah because other people aren't sitting here and like you know making your brain do the things it does not want to do you know is that a thing that also helps stave off the progression of the disease or? I don't know how that stuff works I mean you know they say stuff about like Alzheimer's Alzheimer's, but the cognitive stuff is not progressive as far you know and so the cognitive stuff happens um as you get tired you know what I mean so like that's why so the as your brain gets tired um and uh like yesterday I had like after I did a show last night and so I was back in my hotel room and there was like an hour I'm like oh I can't think of these two people's names I know who they are and I know that why I because Wait, I do I have MS because I <laughs> I know yeah, again that's because what... I know why it's happening but see it's different and I just 
I it's a weird thing. That's why I never thought anything about it because I could like there were some times I could I thought oh I'm getting older I can't remember how to spell I was a good speller, mm-hmm. but um and so now I know oh it's blips it's not just an overarching I'm starting to get tired right now so I'm starting to feel it happening right now oh no and no no that's okay but it is it's sort of like you know there's only I can't operate at like sort of like you know quarter speed you know i kind of operate maybe i'm operating at 75 percent. but that also goes to what you were saying earlier about Mm -hmm. how it's a hypochondriac's it is dream because every all so many of the symptoms you're describing are numbness yeah everybody thinks jim sweeney i remember saying him saying in his show that one of the early symptoms where he found himself sort of bumping into things more Mm -hmm. just being clumsier yeah which again is they're all just slightly it's very hard to pinpoint what this is just everything's a tiny bit off it's it's really it's it's hard for and it's also hard i think in a way for people to sort of necessarily understand like they kind of think oh i have that i know you guys are joking Mm -hmm. but when people say that kind of is a little minimizing sometimes and um and but people do it all the time like when you say like i'm really fatigued i have to make sure i'm working rest oh wouldn't that be nice i'm like well no it's not exactly nice i really (laughs) i have to force myself to not do anything but it's um, when I actually started having symptoms and I was Googling trying to figure out what it was. One of the first things I read, because I thought, this is, am I having many strokes? Like what's mm-hmm. happening? Was an article about MS. And I thought and then and then I Googled it again. And I the, one of the first articles I came up with was MS. It's a hypochondriac's disease. And it was basically and I was like, oh, then I don't have MS. Right. <laughs> like right. And then oh, yeah, it was like literally not have. anything I was thinking about. But MS yeah. usually no one usually gets diagnosed this fast. Usually MS is someone who for two, three years thinks they have something. Thinks, right. Or maybe even thinks they have MS and is trying to get a doctor to diagnose them. Yeah, I you think know. in Jim Sweeney's case, I, I could be misremembering the story, but it it was something like after a couple of years of bumping into things and having his memory be foggy and more fatigued. Fought, yeah, the cog, sud- cog fog, they call it. Yeah. Suddenly, I think it was it was an eyesight thing. He was suddenly completely blind in one oh, eye. Oh, optic, that's a big right. thing. I'm glad I don't have that. Yeah. And I think he recovered some of that eyesight loss once he yeah. went on the treatment, but it was just suddenly he woke up one day and couldn't see out of one eye. And it was like God. this. And- it's, uh, it's, neur- it's optic neuritis. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's that's a that's a thing that that ha- that that's a diagnosing event for lots of people because you of course will notice when yeah, you can't see. Yeah, it's a different thing. But yeah, yeah and it, and it, um and it, it's sort of and these things recover. It's you know the drugs usually they slow the progression of the disease, but all of these sort of these things sort of recover. But it's just diminishing over time. You know, right. like with people, like I have a lot of right side stuff, and I have like my my right foot will get very and I run and um and move around but i have to be really careful because my right foot like kind of like towards the bottom of my shin gets really like sort of i don't even want to describe it like numb sleepy weak so that can affect your balance and you can trip more easily and uh, yeah and i or sort of like or even just fuck up my gait it fucks right so it makes it starts making my um lower back hurt which is where i have a previous injury and now i get some right hip problems and just other weird stuff and so it's just weird things that sort of act up. But all of these things are not comparable to people who have like sort of more progressed MS where it gets, you know. Because you caught it so early. Or you, well, no, thought- I, but I, because I've only had it for this long. Right. You know, and so in 10 years, who knows, you know, and I just, I, like I said, I hope I'm like how I am now. I hope the drugs continue to get mm-hmm. better, but I don't know. So I'm just going to kind of keep, keep uh, just trying to. A, a slower semblance of my life is what I'm trying yeah, to yeah. achieve, which is great because I literally thought that this I thought I was going to have to change everything last year, and I'm so I'm so happy that like I am like at least doing this much. Yeah, 
seems like, I, I mean, I can't see what it's like to be inside your head, but it seems like you're doing well. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's a smaller doses, you know, yeah. which is how people want me anyhow, in the smaller doses. <laughs> the perfect <laughs> Thank God. Well, speaking of medical advances, yes. do you guys want to talk about a drone that delivered a kidney in Baltimore? Yes. <laughs> Does this really happen? Tell me yeah. when a tell me when a drone can deliver a baby. That's what I'm interested. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah, a drone delivered a kidney to a Baltimore hospital where doctors then successfully transplanted the organ into a patient. But can I just okay. I would be that just seems like if I needed that kidney, because my brother in law has kidney disease and uh-huh. has had to have like three kidney transplants in his lifetime. And did god. you guys know that they don't take out the old kidneys? No, what? Yeah, they don't take... See, here's science. They you don't take get, out the... So he has like five kidneys or however many, but he... But it was the last one he had was a chain transplant. So my ex-sister-in-law, my sister's wife, they're now divorced. She divorced her right after she donated a kidney that let my brother, my brother-in-law have a kidney. I know. Wow. She's an interesting lady. My twin is my twin. But anyhow, my, my <laughs> ex-sister-in-law is a great person. She donated a kidney to someone who donated someone else to donate someone else who donated a kidney to... That they, so they do chains now. Oh, I've heard but, about that. But, so you talked multiple people. So the person who gets the one is they, the one who it's a, it's a it? machine. It's an yeah. It's like it's an algorithm. You don't have to set it up. But like they once they get the way the matches work, so they can make that happen. But that must mean someone the, the middle people didn't actually need new kidneys, right? Or did they? It's where you have somebody that's willing to give a kidney, but you can't, they can't give a kidney to the person they want to give it to. You know, because they, you have to match. Right. Okay. And I'm trying to picture. Okay. But the, the, is the is the person at the end the only one who actually needed the kidney? I think there's the maybe the human centipede no a lot. Um, no, there's there's lots of other people getting kidneys too. I think there was five people that got kidneys in this chain. But everyone who get everyone except for the guy in the end gave got and gave. No, no, no. Nobody gets and gives if you have one. That's what I was trying to, but I'm saying every single person has someone that wants to give a kidney to them but can't. Every single person has someone. So that person instead gives a kidney to somebody else. Maybe somebody in that chain. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so okay. Thank you. Please. <laughs> I feel like this is very gettable. I just can't picture it. Okay. No. Okay. So imagine this situation where, like, I'm sure there's a cute graphic on the it's internet. Be. <laughs> We're friends. Yes. And huh. and you're yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, fine, fine. Now <laughs> yeah. you don't get my kidney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've just talked yourself out of <laughs> Look, who's gonna any kind of renal health. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've got a I got a kidney that works. You need a. You've got kidney. I've got two kidneys that work. You've got kidney failure. Okay. We're but we're not. He a doesn't genetic- want to live anymore. He's gonna get both of his kidneys. Thank you. But we're die. not a genetic match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's say we're group A. Group B is Michelle who has two working kidneys and her friend who needs a kidney. I don't think it's genetic, right? It's good. it's blood work and other like, oh, yeah. sort of chemical. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yes. I think you're um but yeah, we're not Michelle and her recipient aren't a match either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're group B. But I can give my match with you. I don't know you, but I match with you. The computer does. Oh, so this so so I so drew out is a chain. It's not a chain of constant transplants. It's a chain of no. transplant friend, transplant friend. Exactly. Or transplant brother, transplant So basically, sister, we we pledge down the simplest version, if it's just a sort of two-person yeah. chain, is we find out Wife that swapping. Michelle, yeah, Michelle You're is a match. Of, right, yeah. Michelle yeah. and Group D. Key party, but the key, Michelle is a match for you, and I'm, a, and we I'm, have to fuck, and I'm a match for Michelle's person. <laughs> well, I mean, we that's are, how the transfer happens. Yes. <laughs> Between you and me, we don't actually have to fuck, but we should fuck. We should. It's a, celebra- should fuck. It's a celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly once we've got the kidneys in place. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, the simplest version is instead I, I give my kidney to Michelle's person and Michelle gives her kidney to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the longer version, there's more people down this chain and each time we kind of go, 
okay, I can't give my I can't give my kidney to Annie because we don't match, but I will pledge to give my kidney to this person. Yeah, it's essentially and that person's pledge. match will pledge to give their kidney to that person, and that person's match will pledge to give their kidney to that person, and eventually somewhere down the chain, someone who is a match will pledge to give their kidney to Andy. So Andy get. Andy does get a kidney, and I do give a kidney, but it just doesn't go. And if you and do the don't... chain, it's connected yeah. by an actual transplant and then a relationship, then transplant. Yeah, and I would look it up yes. to get, but I think that's basically it. And also, you are not so my 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 sister in law my sister in law Tara. Um, she would never have had to give a kidney if she didn't know that Kyle was going to get one. So they don't sort of make you start the process until we've got the chain in place. You know what I mean? What happens yeah. if someone breaks the chain? Yeah. Like in like so, in a house and then when Mac comes on, yeah. like have a break the chain. Come on, you you're like, love me thank now. you. You will never love me again. There we go. <laughs> but um, no, I don't know. But it was so he. So anyhow, so he. So I don't even remember what the beginning. But anyhow, I that was such a serious thing. He got so sick. He was like, I don't even fucking want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. He's like in his late forties. He goes, just look, put me out under the porch and just. Oh. Oh. But I mean, it sucks to have to sort of like try to like get your friend now, you know, to give or your family or whatever to give you organs. Yeah. I get it. I don't even know if he's going to want to do it the next time. It's very sad, but it's true. And um, but it, it's sort of like to have to depend on a drone is where I'm getting at to have to be like, OK, yeah. so and you want to do a trick? <laughs> it's like sort of like On Red Bull. Red else. Bull yeah. sponsors like high adrenaline. Well, I just kind of want the. What's the safest yeah. way that we're used to we're doing? Dropping Can a kidney from the stratosphere yeah, from like, a weather what? balloon. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So uh, here's so, a luge. So the marble's gonna roll down the pool. It's gonna. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's gonna like knock Rube over the Goldberg. dominoes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and then it just. Then yeah. the arm swings around. Oh my god! The ice falls over the bathtub, and right, right. yeah. <laughs> toaster pops out yeah. and then Doc Brown's dog oh, eats yeah. his <laughs> oh I food. want to watch that movie again oh yeah god it holds up you know what else holds up the kidney in the air being held by this drone <laughs> it was the first live test of a kidney carrying aircraft um or of this kidney carrying aircraft. I don't know if it's the first ever. Uh, designed by doctors and engineers. I'm assuming at, they did it with like a steak or something first just to make he, sure. I, I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, I just can't not think of that Chris Farley sketch where he's the, the drunk fuck up and everyone keeps giving him second chances. No, but I, I want to see it. <laughs> and then at one point they trust him to, do, to be an organ courier. <laughs> and every beat of the sketch he just keeps fucking up and showing up drunk. Oh, R.I.P. He was the funniest. Yeah, so he shows up with a cooler that has like a liver from the, the grocery store. And they're like, this is not, he's like, oh. that's just what they gave me oh <laughs> then he falls through a table and he's wearing a hawaiian shirt it's, oh okay. uh, yeah he was the best um also wisconsin right didn't he start yes yeah. wisconsin for sure mm-hmm. so yeah university first, of wisconsin yeah. first live test of this kidney carrying aircraft designed by doctors and engineers at university of maryland to help speed up the transfer of organs um yeah it's specifically designed not only to transport but protect its precious cargo uh, Matt Scassero, director of the university's unmanned aircraft systems test site, said we have eight motors to provide redundancy in case we have some failures. To your question mm-hmm. about failure. Yeah, I think it's a great... I mean, I honestly do think anything that you don't have to depend on, on humans in things like this and coordination, it is it is a great idea. Yeah. But I would... I, if I needed that kidney to get off of dialysis and be healthy, I'd be like, you want it Ugh. driven? Yeah, I would. I if, want it. I want it cradled like a baby. Well, you know? I actually a, want a baby to cradle it. <laughs> and then I want someone to have to, because then they'd really keep it safe, right? <laughs> it's being if they, placed the in baby, the mouth of a baby. Yeah. Babies know how to take care <laughs> because of things. Because kidneys, they're probably thinking, oh, well, if I drop it, it's like whatever, like, you know, they're on dialysis. But a baby, you can't drop that baby. You can't drop the baby. Yeah. And the baby is the kidney baby. Kidney baby. 
maybe. Uh, so speaking of dropping, there's also a parachute recovery system in case the entire aircraft fails. They oh. can still get down safely and the organ will be safe. But imagine like your kid playing in your backyard. Yeah, I would fucking be like... Kidney comes falls from the sky. God, kid. Yeah. And for one thing, I, that would be like the coolest thing ever. The kid's like already like making slime. Just think if you got a kidney yeah. to throw oh, around. Oh, man. <laughs> Little kidney ball. It'd be like old timey times when people used when little kids used to they blow up pig pig's bladders it, and they throw them. Was it the first catch. football was a pig's bladder. Maybe I, something. I don't. Well, no. They used to, in like in like Mexico, like like Indians used to do um, like kick around like human heads. Wasn't that and like that called, sounds like a right thing or at least a racist thing. If no, it's no, not, no, 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 <laughs> no. It, it was it was called a certain kind of game. It, maybe it wasn't a human, but it was something. No, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Thank sounds, you. Sounds, sounds legit. I don't you want a motherfucker. <laughs> All people are going to hear is racist, but you know what? Um, I am trying to work on my right white fragility, so I'm not going to be defensive about you calling me racist because maybe that was made up. But I live in a sort of a what, structural racism that I benefit from, and so um, calling me racist. Well, no, there was definitely a game that played with heads, um, according to Atlas. Obscura. See my brain. See, look, it's still ha- mm-hmm. it's still synapses are firing. I can pick out references. Did the did the kidney arrive safe, or was it taken by a hawk? <laughs> Yeah, that would be like if I was a hawk. Hawks are pretty smart. I would be like, oh, here's a new food source. Yeah. Wait, you now know. I'm now I'm still looking up this head thing to make sure I'm not still being. Um, Aztecs. Aztecs. There are even thank some you. depictions of ball players playing with the heads of the losers in place of a ball. Well, that's whether this actually occurred is up to artistic speculation. So I see, that's what that's why I said that. Art, I think then, I've read um, the same thing that I think maybe it was. Maybe it's true, but also maybe it's just sort of like a, a sort of like a paraphrasing of what happened. You mm-hmm. know, maybe it was skulls or something of like who knows what it was. But sure. the idea is is that they were kicking it around. But what did they call it? Didn't they call it something else? Well, this article was about, a- or did they call it American football? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just think it was sort of weird, like. The Mesoamerican ball game is just what this article calls it. Obviously, they wouldn't That's be using those words for yeah, it. Played with a solid I think it's rubber like paleo ball. Paleo or something like that, or like because the you know ball is the paleota. Oh, you think Spanish. they have something related to Spanish in the pre? Um, I don't. I'm saying the Spanish word pelota. I'm saying the Spanish word for it. I'm, right. I don't know if that's the word, but I feel yeah, I like it was so. some. No, but I feel like it was a root of. I think it was a similar root of that. Oh, so you don't think you don't think that that would have come over when Spanish. Yeah, but Spanish is Spanish is is, is Spanish European Spanish, but also. There's um, words that that yeah, sort of stolen came, for, not stolen came from like, appropriate indigenous. yeah exactly sure, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean so that's what I'm saying okay yeah maybe I mean so. you know maybe so um, but yeah for this drone um, like I said parachute recovery system the test flight was a brief 4.8 kilometers and took just under 10 minutes but Joseph Scalia a University of Maryland medical center transplant surgeon said it represented the potential for many more lives to be saved was it 10 did they you know what I would like to hear. How much time was saved over what would have happened if it had not been? Because what if it would have been like three minutes without it? I'd be like, I don't five kilometers in three minutes. That's a pretty good. I don't want urban driving scenario. Okay, like maybe How Keeper was... Sutherland was a driver. <laughs> five minutes to go three point one miles. Have you, you don't? Didn't you ever watch Twenty Four? Oh, when you yeah, were like, yeah. okay, there's no. F- I'm in the valley. I can get up to Burbank. <laughs> or not, I'm sorry, Burbank. I'm, I'm in like on the west side. Sure I can you get can, to Keeper. Sure. <laughs> Pasadena I'll be there in six minutes like fuck you what is it the is it like 2 a.m. to 207 right, right. the only time that you could possibly do that he knows a section but, of Beverly yeah. Glen that no one else has access to <laughs> one you winding. can't take fountain the whole way no, there keeper yeah. 
There is a road that's the closest thing to like a secret, well, a secret that fountain. I found. It <gasps> runs next to Beverly Glen, but then it's you're not allowed to drive on it mm-hmm. between seven and nine a.m. and four and six p.m. Oh. Like it's super windy, but um, it always like has no traffic. I on can't it. do those windy roads. Yeah, it's like Lombard Street. Long almost. and windy road. Right, another song that you to probably pay, know. Listen, so oh, many shit. royalties. We but have I have to, such a bad voice, but I Lindsay make you Buckingham sing it. Yeah, yeah. and we have to. <laughs> the Beatles, think, right? Yeah. Long and windy. I think we, it winding. I think right. it probably won't be too hard to clear a club of Beatles and Fleetwood Mac songs. <laughs> I don't think they're very litigious. Listen, you guys, we're just artists. We're artists. They're artists. We they a, know. We have a we're Patreon. Peers. We can cover the cost of this. Right. You guys, oh, can you, if anyone on. can chip in either money or if someone happens to own a Beatles song, if you could just donate that yeah, song's rights because people to own us. Picassos. Yeah, you know, people like he's cl- sold traders. a gazillion. You could buy a Picasso. He's made a gazillion things. How much would a long and winding road cost you? Like three hundred grand? That's not gonna be that much. That's like nothing. It's one of their worst songs. It's a Phil Spector produced one. He's a murderer. So I don't it's gotta, exactly, and I don't even care for that song. It just happened to be what I was saying at the, the time. It's the sappiest of their. It's the sappiest, uh, stringiest. But you know what song I love, and then I just sing their most popular one for like the whole <laughs> in its entirety. <laughs> but you know what? You know what I love? Let me do the whole right, collection. Let's... Start start. Let me. I'm gonna do the Beatles catalog. Just give me. Okay. Well, here you can just read off the back of this. No, songs no. are in alphabetical I can't. Order. This is when people find out. A day that... in the life. A hard day's night. A taste of honey. Across the universe. Act naturally. That's not written. Well, by can them. I just say, like Andy just handed me the oldest man book of. <laughs> This is how I learned to play guitar. Is this book really? Yeah. Is there because like what's so funny about that? Is it is it sheet music in there? It's sheet music and oh, tablature. Oh, thank God! I Every... thought it was like I thought it was like a sort of CD collection, and I'm like, oh no, no, Jesus no. Christ! Every part, even bullshit no. like Revolution Number no. Nine, it has all the like noises of someone dropping silverware. Will you or sing me a song on your guitar before I leave? I will. But here's okay. what it looks like. It's like, it's like written on Bible thin paper. Oh my God! And it's 1,200 pages long. I think it's wow. exhaustive. It is insanely accurate. You know, one thing I'm going to start doing, because we bought a house in West Philly. So if you guys are ever in Philly, we have a great guest bedroom. It's a Victorian house built in 1892. It's awesome. But um, but we're going to do... Uh, Alex plays a lot of instruments. Oh, he cool. plays a lot of... He likes bass-based instruments. But I, um, I learned the piano at some point as an adult. My gram, Both my grandmothers were amazing pianists. And uh, when I want to start playing again, because um, I liked it very much... And so um, I'm I'm excited to uh, to uh, w- that I will be able to not be as good as you but that I can. <laughs> I recommend this Beatles complete scores book, but it has yeah. very fine prints. So, uh, uh, things things that I can sing along. Michelle, when you're not learning Beatles songs on the piano, where can our listeners find you? Oh, you can find me. I own all the balloon properties. Um, thank God. That's a single I was an early adopter. Single. Thank you. You know. B-I-L-O-O-N, balloon.com. There's some st- stuff on there, um, static stuff. So you just want to get the ba- the basics. But also find me on Twitter, at Balloon. I'm pretty active. And also, I just... I'm on Instagram where you could see a lot of pictures of my daughter skateboarding, which people seem to love. <laughs> but... I also just started doing stories, and I think I'm very good at them. At first, I thought it wasn't for me. Um, I could not handle Snapchat, but now I'm having fun. I'm having fun it's, with you doing don't have stories. To worry if they're not no. the best because they're gone. And yeah. I and you know what? I do worry about them being the best, and I think I'm pretty good at it. Oh, good. you also tweeted out uh, two days ago an adorable picture of your daughter getting a tattoo. Yeah, I know. And can you know what I tell you? The people there's only been a couple who have been on like what? I hope that's not real. Okay, I'm not even going to answer that question on this podcast, but just fucking look at the picture. It should be clear what's going on. I don't know if it was legal that my sister put her in her tattoo chair with a tattoo needle like right next to her body. But, you know, whatever. Let the cops find her. Yeah. 
I'll give, actually, right I'll give you your address. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, but yeah, my sister has a tattoo. I'll do, you can find, if you live in Minneapolis, go get a tattoo at Black End uh, uh, Tattoo Atelier. Um, it's my sister owns a tattoo parlor in Minneapolis oh my and God. can tattoo you. And also, here's the funny thing about my sister is that it's called Tattoo Atelier. My sister's kind of a space case. And she goes, yeah, she goes, it's, it's Italian for shop. And I said, it's not Italian, it's French. And she goes, no, it's Italian. I'm like, uh, you may have seen it in a, you know, in an Italian word, but they were appropriating it from French. And I had to stop having this conversation with her because it never would have ended. Yeah. And I know that she is wrong and it's still frustrating to me. And, um, but anyhow, so black it's the Italian tattoo parlor. We Black still want to send tattoo. people to get tattooed here after, after It's a really cool tattoo place. She okay. just gave a tattoo to Chris Fairbanks, actually. No way. And she's given some tattoos to other friends of mine, I, which I kind of like because I think it's nice that they get to have that, but I don't like because I am afraid she'll fuck up on something on my friend oh, and yeah. I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm not on her side, I'm on yours. <laughs> I just saw I just saw a Vice video where I guess it's a whole series of people going to things that have one star reviews on Yelp. So a guy got a tattoo from the worst <laughs> rated tattoo artist in the city. <laughs> which I'm mad I didn't think of because that's a pretty great Oh my God. So balloon on everything. Yes. Uh, we are probablyscience.com at probablyscience, probablyscience at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you'd like us to cover. You can find us individually at Annie T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. You can also find links to the stories we cover on probablyscience.com and our donation and Patreon links. Thank you very much. Give these boys some money. Thank you. More Beatles songs. Again, we'll take Apple Watches, Beatles songs. (laughs) I've already spent it all. Please give them some more. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I just want to be clear. It doesn't have to be any of the main Beatles songs. Like it can be a real minor. It could be an instrumental. It can be. It could uh, be like one of the studio outtakes, like from their albums when they're just like fucking around. You know, the versions of Rocky Record. Yes, Rocky Record. Or they're just like, well, well, like, well, yeah. hotel room. I've <laughs> yeah. heard that a million times. Yeah. yeah, if you have one of those, just send it yeah, to us. Right. Yes. We now that's like twenty thousand dollars right gotta there. Be. <laughs> Stop being such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> have some respect yeah. and send those Beatles songs to your favorite podcast. Come on, or us. Yes. Send it. One of the Yoko two. Ono, if you're listening, please yeah. send us. You want to keep fucking shit up? Yeah. We'll help you. Uh, yes, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. And we will uh, see you this summer. And listeners, we will you will hear us next week. Bye. Until then, bye bye.